Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. Sam Cogger to speak with us. He's our Youth Alive Directive for Tasmania. So it's such an honour to have him in the house today. I know some of the youth and young people have had a bit to do with him in the past. So let's give him a life welcome as he shares from God's Word in such a powerful way today. Sam Cogger, we welcome you. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, everyone. It is good to be in the house of God. Who is excited to be in the house of God today? Woo! 1025. Awesome. Uh, well, my name is Sam, and I'm just, I'm so honored to be here. I've heard such amazing things about Life Church. You guys have been so open, so gracious in the past to Youth Alive. And uh, yeah, I'm directing Youth Alive Tasmania, stewarding that uh, right now for Tasmania. It's, a, it's an honor to be able to lead the young people. And I just want to let you know that you have one of the best youth ministries in Tasmania. And I've said that for a while. I keep saying it again. You have some great youth leaders and youth pastors. And it's amazing uh, to just see what's happening in this space and just the, the anointing that God has on this church for generations. Uh, and I'm really excited and honored that I I get to be up here and preach the word. So I'm going to get right into it. I'm not really going to tell you a whole lot about me. I do like pineapple and pizza. So if that's a good topic or a decisive topic, that's okay. We can argue about it over park later at picnic. Um, before I do get started, I just want to quickly honor Pastor Peter and Pastor Kerry Shirley because they are just such amazing pastors. Uh, they have been uh, great friends and I just want to say thank you so much for the honour it is to be on the stage that they've given me. So can we just um, give a round of applause to our pastors, Pastor Pint and Pastor Kerry? So good. Today, today I actually, I want to encourage you because we're about a few weeks into the new year now, I don't know about you, but I feel like some of us, we come into this space where we're kind of beginning to get back into the regular throes of life where school isn't too far off and, you know, and our work is coming in and all the parents are excited about school and scared about work. Uh, but we come into this, this traction part of 2024 where all our news resolutions have either been forgotten about or we just, we, we try not to remember them because we don't want to be faced with the reality that, you know... The gyms are empty again. That's me personally. I make that resolution every year and I still haven't turned up to one of those gyms. What I want to do today is be able to encourage you to believe again in a fresh dream that God actually has for your life. Because I am such a strong believer in the idea that God merely does not want to tell you about the good things that He wants to do in your life. He wants to show you. He doesn't want to just be a God that is telling you that you can have salvation and telling you that you can have everything you need, but He actually wants to reveal and let you walk in the blessing that He has for you. And if you're here today and you're like, I'm really excited, I'm full of energy, I feel like everything's going my way. Or if you're sitting here and you're like, I've actually had already, there's been some speed bumps that I've encountered in this year. Speed bumps from last year, speed bumps coming up. Or if you're here and you're like, Sam, I don't even know if God is real. I believe that there is something here for you today. Because I think God is so good that He does not just want to show Himself, He wants to be in your life 
for you. He wants to actually reveal himself in your life. He wants to be real for you so that you can walk out of these doors and still encounter God. You can walk into Monday morning into your workplaces and still encounter God. He doesn't have to be a God that is only recognized for two hours on a Sunday morning, but he can actually be a God who is framing your life and and building your family and releasing fresh vision into your life, fresh blessing and peace and strength. I just really believe that more than ever, God wants to speak into your life today and it's going to be good. Because his miracles and his blessings are designed to be given out to us. His tools and knowledge are meant to be applied and his spirit is meant to be poured out. And that is because we are called as a church, as believers, to actually be participating in God's plan for revival. We're called to participate in God's plan for your life. To not just spectate. You know, I I know there's a lot of sport going on and I'm not really a a, a fan until Tasmania gets its own footy team and then I've decided I'm going to like go full in on AFL. But until that moment, I am going to be spectating sport. I just want to let you know, if you're new here today or this is like still becoming regular, that we aren't just called to spectate a move of God. We aren't called to spectate God moving in other people's lives. We're actually called to be a witness and to participate, to be involved in what God has planned for you. Because I just, I really believe that he doesn't want to just share his words. He wants to be involving you in his plan for revival. And so I just want to encourage you today to, to lean in, to, to actually say, you know what, today I believe God is going to speak to me. Today he has something for me and my family and my friends, uh, something that I can apply to my school or my workplace. You know, it says in Isaiah 61, it says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And it's like this call to action to us as the church that we're not merely seeing God shine his light upon the world, but we're actually the ones who he shines his light through. That we're the ones that he is anointing so that we can go into our workplaces, places where there might be darkness or places where people are struggling to find peace or joy or freedom. And we can actually say, look, I'm not the answer. I just know the answer. I'm not the answer to every problem you might have, but I just, I know where that answer is and it's found in Jesus. And as we start this new year with dreams and hopes and and, and, and aspirations, we we find that there's actually, it's really difficult to make progress in our hearts. I know that it's really difficult for me to just set a new habit and keep to it. And I wonder that that might because when I look to like something like a New Year's resolution, I often am resorting to what that is called a worldly principle. And so a worldly principle is this idea that you can actually have everything you want in your own strength. And so like if I could look to anything else, any other kind of, you know, aspiration or, or worldly desire, it would tell me that I could have everything I wanted. But the sacrifice would be that I have to give everything I have for that. And I'd have to resort to living in my own strength, in my own ways, in my own wisdom. And I just want to let you know that that way is so broken because we have a Jesus who came and actually interceded that. That we have actually a God who is perfect, who actually says if we give him our love, he carries us in his strength. And so the world will tell you that you can have it all. 
But then when we fall by our own strength and our wisdom, we have to actually settle in disappointment for a dream that won't be fulfilled and peace that won't be achieved. Yet when we put our hope in Jesus and when we base our promises in Scripture and when we actually say, I'm calling it forward because God's actually said it in His Word, we get to see uh, a new dream, a fresh dream happen upon us. And that's why the title of my message today is A Fresh Dream. Because I believe that God actually wants to speak to you today. I believe that he wants to reveal new things into your heart or he wants to um, revitalize a dream or a word he gave you that you haven't yet seen fulfilled. And we live in this tension because God is giving us um, new scripture, new divine revelation. Well, not new scripture. We know that from the Bible, but he's giving us divine revelation every single day. He offers his presence into our lives through worship or the word, uh, through ways that we can listen and, and be in community with other people every single day. But he wants to reveal something to you or reveal something to you again. And I know that this can sometimes be difficult because we have to apply what God is giving us with the realities of this world. But it's in this tension that we find what will be the key verse today for us as we move through this message, which is in Isaiah 43, verse 19. And in Isaiah 43, it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we read in Isaiah that God is doing a new thing in, in life, but it's a life that is temporary. And with the chaos and confusion, God is still saying, behold, I'm revealing something new to you today. Behold, I'm giving, I'm offering peace again to you today. Behold, I see your situation and I'm speaking new life in it today. And it's his confirmation that he actually wants to walk alongside you through every battle that you go through. When we see um, these verse, like these song verses of, you know, your, your, uh, good is your faithfulness, um, I'm going to stand in the battle. I just want to let you know that God wants to walk with you. That's the promise of Isaiah that we see here. He recognizes our struggles. He recognizes everything we have to face every single day. And he says, in the midst of that, I am doing a new thing in your life. In the midst of that, I see you and I'm actually not just providing you salvation for the future, but I'm providing you strength for now. I'm providing you peace and freedom for right now. And that could look like an encouragement. It could look like a prayer that someone that we actually share with someone else or they pray for us. It could look like a song that we just have to turn up to 27 in a car. It could look like a podcast that we're listening to. But the whole idea of anything we do is that when we spend time in his presence, when we spend time focusing on God, he reveals new strength. He reveals peace. He enfolds us into his presence and then says, behold, in this space, in everything that's going on in your life, I'm doing a new thing. I'm recognizing where you are and I'm carrying you to the next and we see evidence of, in the word that he is with us every day. In verses such as Lamentations 3, where it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then we can read the promise of renewal that he gives us in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, where it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And when we read these promises, I can't help but think, wow, 
God, if you're so good to say that I'm going to give you a new spirit, if you're so good to tell me that every single morning I'm waking up, you're giving me new mercies, then maybe I can actually begin to dream again. Maybe I can actually learn, God, and trust you enough to forgive the person that wronged me this year. Maybe I'm trusting you and believing you enough that I can actually say that as for me and my family, we're all going to worship God this year. Maybe I can trust you enough to say that I can't see a way forward for me in a financial situation, but I can actually trust him because he says in his word that he's going to give new mercies, that he is providing a new way and that he is going to give me a new heart. And the difference between what happens when you, when you catch a word of God, the difference between when you take a verse or a scripture and you put it in your heart and you say, I'm going to memorize that. I'm going to take that into my heart. I'm going to encourage myself daily. The difference between that and a New Year's resolution or a promise that the world will try to give you or any kind of consumer uh, item will try to give you is that we are actually basing this promise this dream of the person of Jesus. And the person of Jesus was someone who was real. The person of Jesus is someone who is sitting in the throne of heaven right now, who came and died for us. And so when we base it on the person of Jesus, we're basing it on his strength and his goodness and his faithfulness, not our own ways, not our own mistakes, not our own regrets or desires. We're actually basing it in a God who is eternal, a God who loves you so much that he would send his only son to die for you. And so when we talk about this idea of what it looks like to dream, what it looks like to go forward with purpose and, 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 and identity, I want to let you know that for this year, in fact, for the rest of my life and what I want to encourage you in is that anything that we go forward in, the focus has to be Jesus. Because everything else that the world will idolatry as important or fulfilling will only leave us more empty because the root of the world is being selfish. The root of the world is evil, but the root of God is peace. The root of God is salvation. The root of God is Jesus. And when we put him as our focus and renew our commitment to him, when we spend time with him and he is just and faithful to meet us, and our true goal is and should always be Jesus, who brings direction to your situation. Jesus who brings peace into your life. And I just want to encourage you that if you feel like you needed to settle for something where you're like, I've tried to have faith before and this is my life now and I'm just going to have to be okay. I just want to encourage you that God has a greater plan for you than you ever thought was possible. In fact, if you could see what the plans are that God has for you, that we, wouldn't be, we would be shocked. I would be speechless because what he has planned for you is amazing. Because it's not based in the world, but it's based in his presence. It's based in his goodness. And so when we say, Lord, I'm going to put you first, it's us saying, I might not be able to see the whole plan you have for me. I, not be, I might not be able to see the situation or the, uh, I might not be able to see the answer, but I trust in you. I'm putting my faith in you again. In everything I do this year, God, it is going to be for your glory. And Isaiah 43 it's not just clarifying that God is doing a new thing. It's an invitation for us as a community of believers to set our eyes upon the Lord above the self-fulfilling limited dreams and temporary aspirations of the world. In Matthew, we have this great first interaction with the disciples. I love the disciples because they remind me of me. They are not these 
priests or like, you know, people in the temple, they are these ordinary, everyday fishermen. People that everyone else was leaving to do their own work. These men would get up every single day to just go fish to enough to, catch a li- uh, to make a living for that day. And then the day after they would repeat it and that was going to be their life. Their eyes weren't really set on the future. It was set just on trying to catch their daily living so that they could repeat it and hopefully provide for their family. There wasn't really a future that was involved with the disciples. And yet in that moment, we see Jesus. And when the moment where all they are doing is fishing for a living, Jesus comes into their life and he says, I I want you to follow me. I want you to set your eyes on me. And as you do, I will teach you how to fish for men. I will teach you how to look above your situation. I'll teach you, I'll put a fresh dream into your heart. I'll put a fresh word into your heart. And what he does is he awakens eternity in them. He offers a purpose and an identity and he continues not just to do it for them then, but to do it for you now. And for every person, for every age, for every generation, for every situation, he is offering us an opportunity to ascribe to his purpose, to have an identity that is based in him. To not just look down into the circumstances, the work that we do every single day, but to say, God, I believe that you have put me here for a reason. I believe that I am anointed to be in this workplace, in this family, in this friendship group, and I am going to make a difference. Why? Because you have called me to be fishers for men. You called me to make a difference. You called me to be a carrier of peace. And it's something that we have to learn and to, to ascribe to is to actually continue to put our trust and our focus in Jesus in every situation. And it's quite difficult because in the moment where God gives you a word or an encouragement or um, a scripture, a future, a dream, often we are faced then with discouragement. And I know this is true because we still live in the world today. And in the world today, not everything is going to go my way or in my timing. And what happens is that often we get to see, uh, we have to actually wrestle with what God is doing. And so our dreams are actually tested by disappointment. They're given to us by Jesus, but they're tested by disappointment. So when we answer the call to establish Jesus as our sole focus, we are invited into a purpose and a call and blessings and freedom that last beyond us. It is our duty and responsibility to cultivate our relationship with God because while we live uh, while we live with our eyes set on Him and the mercies and blessings and life offered to us, we have to deal with our daily struggles and disappointment. And, you know, it's in this moment that um, we actually go back, if we could go back to Isaiah 43, I actually want to highlight something in that verse that I felt was amazing for everyone who feels like you are going through a season of hardship where you're going through something that isn't going your way. Because in the moment where God says, I am doing a new thing in your life, he also says, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness uh, and rivers in the desert. I just want to let you know, from my experience, that when God offers you purpose and mission, he actually doesn't tell you that it's going to be completely easy. And he doesn't tell you it's going to go your way every single time. Because the purpose of God isn't to, uh, to move things along in your idea for your life, but in his plan for your life. And so he actually tells you, he doesn't pretend, he t- doesn't tell you everything goes your way. 
Because we live with promises and dreams and hopes that are not yet realized. And this verse admits the confusion and difficulty that we go through, but yet states that Jesus in every situation, in every hardship, in every battle, in every struggle that we go through is still going to make a way for you. And that we have to live as Christians, as believers in God in this tension because we're called to heaven. We know that when Jesus came down, that he had ultimate victory over death. And he heralded in the new age, the new covenant. But we also live with a world that is broken. And we're kind of living in this tension. You could almost call it the middle ground. We're almost at heaven, but we're not there yet. And so we live with these dreams and hopes in our hearts that are not yet fulfilled. One of the greatest hopes that I think our state carries that our generations are picking up is actually a a hashtag, believe it or not, called Save Tassie. It's this greatest aspiration that God could save every single person, every single situation, every single um, soul for his kingdom. He could build his kingdom in Tasmania. And it's a great dream that we have not yet seen realized. And yet it's obviously it's in the moments and that tension that we actually say, okay, sweet. So we know we're given a fresh dream by God. We know that he tells us it's going to be difficult. How do we wrestle with that tension? The first time the disciples were left without Jesus, they were lost, they were aimless, they were without, they were without purpose. Jesus had died on a cross and he'd rose again, but he didn't tell everyone straight away. The disciples were still very confused. And in this moment of confusion where their dreams were shattered and the tr- like there was a lot of trouble going on and they were in all these battles that were happening, they resorted back to their first practice. In John 21 verse 3 to 4, Simon Peter tells them, I'm going fishing. I personally think that's a great answer to any problem that could ever happen. I just want to let you know, if there's any battle you ever go for and your answer is I'm going fishing, that's not too bad. I can't fish for my life though, so don't take me. The disciples were all good friends of him, so they said, we'll go with you. They went out and got on a boat, but at that night they caught nothing. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, and yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. It's not until Jesus calls them back to the shore, gives them purpose and vision again, that we see them continue. And I'm not here to make light of anyone's battles, anyone's situations, what's happening in your life, because I do not know. I haven't had that, that honor yet. I can share with you, though, after some of the battles that I've gone through in the last few years, but what I can tell you that it is in the moments of struggle, the moments where you feel like there was a word from God and it hasn't happened in your life. You've been hoping and praying for peace or healing and it hasn't happened yet, or a family member to come back into the, the fold and it hasn't happened. It's in those moments that so often we feel like we just want to go back into the ordinary, back into the old ways. The disciples were lost without Jesus. They were confused. And in the moment they went back to their first practice. I just want to encourage you this year when things don't happen your way, when you feel like God isn't answering, don't go back into the old patterns and habits that we used to be a part of, the old way of living. My old way of living was to resort back to, you know, you'd have moments of anger, moments of outburst, moments of selfishness, because that's my history. That's what God redeemed me from. I just want to encourage you that there is something so much greater here for you today when we put our faith in God beyond our situation and beyond our circumstance. Because what the disciples had to learn is in the moments of struggle, they couldn't base uh, their, their 
answer. They couldn't base their response in their own flesh because their own flesh just wanted to go fishing, just wanted to lower their eyes, just wanted to go back into the old life. But yet Jesus calls us up. I want to tell you today that God is so good that today, and this is one of the main points I want to focus on as we begin to come into conclusion, is that God actually gives you tools so that in the moments of struggle and the moments of pain and the moments where it's difficult, you can actually not just resort back to your old ways and old flesh, but you can actually resort to Him. And it's through the tool of prayer. And prayer, I feel, is one of, these, one of the most ancient practices in the Bible, but it's actually one of the most effective because when we build our dreams on prayer, uh, we begin to see that through every disappointment and every challenge that we are actually still able to engage in faith through the act of prayer. You know, there's a scholar, Tyler Station, who actually says or writes in his book that in times of chaos... We do not rise to the occasion as much as we fall to the level of our training. We fall to the level of our training. That's why we put training wheels on, on bikes when we're teaching kids to ride. Why? We're not, we're not wanting them to fall, but we know that when things don't go their way, we don't want them to fall over, so we put, um, we put training wheels in place. Prayer is, could be our training wheel. Prayer could be the thing so that when things don't go my way, when things haven't gone the way I wanted it, my circumstances are bad, I'm in a battle or struggle, my reaction, my response to God is to pray. Not to go back to my old ways, but to get on my knees and actually pray through the word with my friends in tongues, however we find it natural. And I know this is true because we find the disciples for the second time when they were left without Jesus in the book of Acts, where Jesus went back up into heaven and he says, wait a little bit for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And what the disciples did is that now they were lost again. They were left without their savior for good this time. And they could have gone back to their old ways. But instead, they went back to, uh, they went back to the upper room and for 10 days, these men stood together. These men and women stood together in prayer saying, you know what? We can't see a way forward, but we're going to pray. We're going to give God our, all of our attention and all of our focus and all of our honor and glory. And the result of that was that at the 10th day, we see the Holy Spirit poured out in, the, in Acts chapter 2, uh, poured out upon to the disciples why? Because they had chosen to base their response in prayer. And so prayer is the way in which we live. It's participating in God's plan for revival, safeguarding us from attacks from the enemy. And it's when we choose to engage with God through prayer over our feelings, our distractions, that we actually get to see God move in our life. It, again, it might not be the way we wanted it to go or the vision we had for our life, but when God gives you a word, then we're going to base that word in prayer. When we started a youth ministry in Hobart a few years ago, we had this dream that we could see young people worshipping God. That was one of our dreams, that we could teach young people not how to be entertained, not just how to you know, have a good time, but to actually encounter God themselves. Not so that we have to lead them by the hand, but we could just show them who God is. And what we did was we did a prayer on that particular idea for years. And then on last year, we ran our first ever youth camp. And that night before we started camp, we had leaders you know, in the church building, walking up and down the aisles, praying again that God would move, praying again. And again, we hadn't yet seen this moment. And then on the final night of prayer, uh, sorry, the final night of camp, 
the presence of God was so thick. The atmosphere of heaven was so present that we couldn't even do a message. We actually had to let the worship just continue. And for two and a half hours, our young people were just like on their knees in tears, prophesying over each other, asking God to pray for healing for each other, interceding for each other. We had a lot of non-Christian parents in the room and they were just moving in that space. And, and, the result, and the result looked amazing. The result was great. But it actually had taken years of, of young people, young adults standing in a room and saying, God, we do not see it happening, but we're going to keep praying for it to happen. We believe in faith that you are going to move. And we know that because you based it in Scripture that you're doing a new thing. And so we're just going to keep believing and praying. And that when the disciples did it, they saw God move. Our youth leaders saw God move. I just want to let you know that this year you're going to see God move in your circumstance, in your family, in your friends, in your workplace. Because we're basing our response not in our own selves or our own limitation or our own sin, but we're basing it in prayer. If I could um, get the band to come up behind me, if I could get the keys uh, to play, that'd be amazing. The purpose of this message, the word of God that I felt just God had put on my heart for the start of this year, wasn't revolutionary in the way that it was delivered because it was based on an ancient principle of prayer. And I'm relearning this myself that no matter how what happens in my life, whether the dreams that God has given me are realized this year or next or beyond that, the circumstances and troubles that I'm facing my response in everything to God has to be prayer. Whether that's in the car, whether that's in my head, saying, dear God, just help me today. <laughs> just being realistic. Whether that's me texting my friends and saying, you know what, uh, it, I'm really, today sucked. I really need you to pray for me in this space. Joining a small group or a life group. I want to let you know that when God actually is good, if God is good enough to give you a fresh vision for your life, a fresh word for your life, then He's going to be good enough to see it fulfilled. He's not going to give you a promise or a hope or peace without Him actually going to fulfill it. And I just want to encourage you that in the circumstances in life that you happen to walk in these doors with, that He sees everything going on in your life and He knows the plans, but the plans He has for you are good because it says so in the Word. And so the purpose of this message was allow us to pause again and to recognize the power that comes from prayer and then to implement prayer into our rhythm. There's this verse. I want to finish on this. There's this verse in Genesis 26, verse 18, that says that he, Isaac, reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names that Abraham had given them. In this time, in Genesis, in the Old Testament, wells in Israel were the only access to clean, healthy and life-giving water. And the enemy knew that if they could stop it up, if they could block the only access to clean water, that the Israelites or the tribe that was under Isaac and Abraham would die. And so Isaac's response was to redig the wells that was the source of life. I want to ask us as a church, as a community of believers, that if what if this year we were to treat prayer, one of the most ancient principles learnt in the Bible, like those wells, 
like a a source of life-giving water where we can encounter the presence of God every single day. And we would say, you know what? For this year, I'm going to redig the wells of prayer. I'm going to start praying again for my family. I'm going to start praying again for my, my fellow students, my friends in school, uh, for a breakthrough that I haven't seen happen yet, for a prayer that God gave me years ago and I've kind of given up on asking for. I'm actually going to redig those wells. I'm going to write it again in my journal. I'm going to tell that one friend in confidence this, this year or today I'm going to start believing again. Because when we start encountering God with faith and belief, that's when we see Him move. And so in this space, I'm going to ask, one, I'm going to ask if you guys can please stand. I believe in this space that God actually wants to speak to you so much so that I'm going to stop, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give him the rest of the service because I believe that God wants to speak to you in your space, in your life, in your situation. But I just want to encourage you that he has a word for you, a word that is good, a word that is redeeming, a word that sees every mistake and sin that you could have possibly done and yet moves you and loves you all the same, loves you even more. And that you can encounter him through the act of prayer. And if there's something in your life that you want to meet Him today, that you want to share with Him today, that you want to meet Him in faith with today, for some that might be your first ever step towards God, which might be starting a relationship with Him, I just want to encourage you, if that's you, there's nothing you could have done that could ever discount you from the graces of God. You could not go any further away, and yet God still loves you regardless. And you don't need to know everything to know that God loves you. You don't need to have every answer to know that there is a God out there who actually loved you so much, He would send His only Son to die for you. And if it was just you, He would still be on that cross because you're worth it. And yet for some of us that it might be praying for our family again, or for some reason it feels like a lost family member. I'm not exactly sure why, but it could be for that situation. It could be for something else. But I'm going to encourage us in this space that we can allow God to move in your life. So I'm going to pray. We're going to spend a few more minutes in worship. We're going to have a prayer team up the front, I've heard. But if you could engage in God with prayer and then see that fulfilled, He is good and just enough to meet you where you are to give you a vision for your life and then to fulfill it. And so, Lord Jesus, God, we thank you so much that you love us, that you love us so much that you don't leave us where we are, but you take us with you, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now in this space with faith and belief that, God, you would meet our needs. Lord, I pray right now that you would give us hope for every single person here, Jesus, with something on their heart, that you would put hope in their heart, that we would believe again for you to move. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just bring a fresh wind of your presence into this space right now. For peace, for joy to fall anew on us, God, as we open our hands and open our hearts. God, would you call people into into new ideas of work, into new ideas of creativity, into new ideas of reconciliation. 
Would you lead us to forgive others as you have forgiven us? We give you this time, Jesus. And for the rest of our lives, we want to put you as our focus. Thank you, God. Amen.